New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Kira Asatrian. She's the author of Stop Being Lonely, Three Simple Steps to Developing Close Friendships and Deep Relationships. Kira, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Can you please comment on the epidemic of loneliness Mm -hmm. that is rampant today in Western societies? Well, the most recent statistic about how lonely people are (laughs) is about one in five Americans feels chronically lonely. Um, So that's about 60 million people. And that's up probably at least 30% since the 80s. Um, Unfortunately, it hasn't been studied quite as well as like depression and anxiety have been because it's not a diagnosable mental disorder in the way that those are. so part of what you know I, I wanted to do with the book was bring some awareness to it as an issue. But depression and anxiety are probably somewhat related to, to feeling isolated and lonely. They definitely are. If you go in with symptoms of depression, one of the things that your therapist will ask you is, is are you feeling lonely? So there's certainly overlap. And especially, you know, with anxiety, social anxiety is, is certainly a, has a part to play in this. What is some advice that you would give us mm-hmm. if if we are living in isolation, so to speak, or are feeling isolated? What are some of the steps we might take to undo that feeling? The very first step is to, I would suggest that somebody not blame their loneliness on some sort of character flaw in themselves, or that somehow, you know, people who have close friends are somehow better or more likable. That's probably not the case. A lot of the skills that create uh, close friendships and and deep relationships can be learned and they can be modeled for other people. So it's not an inherent, you know, I have friends or I don't have friends thing. So what would one do then if they Mm -hmm. accept, okay, it's not me, it's not my character defect. What is a step they could take? The first thing to do once you've accepted that part of it is to look at the relationships that you do have, if you have any, and try to pick out at least one that you think could be closer. Um, And when I say closer, I mean that the two of you could get to know each other better and you could become more emotionally available to one another. And if you have at least one, you're actually doing quite well. Okay, so (laughs) if you've identified one person that you feel you would like to get to know better, Mm -hmm. then how do you approach (laughs) that person? That's the tricky part. That's where people often get really entangled with themselves. If it's somebody that you see on a regular basis, just do one thing that you haven't done up until this point. So let's say it's somebody at work that you feel some sort of potential with them, that they could be a good friend. Just ask them to go to coffee. And then maybe ask a couple of these deepening questions that I talk about in the book. So what would be a deepening question? Well, let's go with the working example. It's somebody that you work with. You could just ask them, how do you like what you're working on these days? 
it's still within the realm of how you know them, but it gets a little bit more at what are they enjoying, what are they not enjoying, and those are the windows into what's really going on with them. So then when you would ask them this question, mm-hmm. then you would listen deeply to their answer, and and that would key you where to go next, how, how open they are to talking about what they're feeling about that. Well, yeah, you can get a lot of information about what they're willing to share with you, first of all. But the other the other effect of, of asking questions like that is that now that person starts to see you as somebody that they could talk to about things, like you are a person that could be a confidant going forward. So it's also it's not it's it's about gathering information, but it's also about changing the tone of the relationship. And so I would think that it's the beginning of starting to develop trust mm-hmm. between the two. That's funny. That's a word that I don't think I even use once in the book, but in a way, everything that I talk about in the book is building trust. Or respect. I think you use the word respect. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's you know, am I going to show up for you if something is going on? And these are the precursors to yeah. that. So when you talk about developing a closer relationship, I know that you point out it's not about the big gestures. Mm-hmm. It's not about, okay, you know, you've got to throw them a big birthday party or something like that. It's, it's really about the small, steady things. I think of it like the, the tortoise and the hare story, that the, the hare just leaps ahead and leaps ahead, but it's the tortoise's steady pace that wins a race. Yeah, absolutely. And and the the types of relationships where this really comes up a lot, I have found is is romantic relationships because I I coach a lot of couples and especially, you know, married people tend to fall into this notion that you can make up for not being super available on a day-to-day moment-to-moment basis by doing some kind of gesture, you know, every once in a while. And it actually it doesn't work that well, unfortunately. So it's a regular little rituals that continue to keep you connected. Yeah, and it's not just showing up when you sense that something bad is happening. There was a study done years ago on married couples that showed that the health of the relationship was reflected most obviously in how couples shared good news. Meaning, like, if one person came home and had gotten a promotion, if the other person was happy and wanted to celebrate and was joyous about it, that indicated a much better relationship than if the reaction was, well, that's great, honey, and, like, go in the other room. Which would remind me of a couple kind of in competition with each other in some ways. Oh, they got a raise, then that that means that I'm a lesser person because mm-hmm. they're succeeding and I'm not. And we do comparison and it gets all convoluted, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, that's indicative of all types of other things that may be going on in the relationship. One of the things that you mention in your work has to do with uh, gifting one mm. another. When I talk about that in the book, the purpose is to sort of replace this idea of giving physical gifts, except giving physical gifts is nice and everybody likes that, but to replace it in our minds with the gift of whatever that person really needs. So do they need affection? Do they need support? Do they need respect? And the, I think I call them the intangible gifts. 
Right. Appreciation. Yep. Would be another That's a one. huge one. Encouragement. Yeah. Uh, comfort and support. You know, these are very important in any relationship, not only just in a one on one love relationship, but a, a relationship, a work relationship, or family. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you picked a lovely person to have a close relationship with, you can just give these freely. And there's an understanding will develop that they will give them back to you. I, that kind of goes back to the to the trust thing that you were just mentioning. You you trust that they will reciprocate. Yes, definitely. If we are developing a new relationship, one of the things that you advocate is asking kind of open-ended questions mm-hmm. that open up the relationship rather than just a yes or no question. Like, where did you grow up? And they'll say, uh-huh. well, Chicago. And then that's it. They say, you know, cool. Cool. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, how would you then, after they say Chicago, then what might be a, a next question? What did you like about growing up there? Yeah, there you go. The reason I, I talk a lot about questions in the book, um, and, and the purpose is that Almost everybody's conversation, especially when you first meet somebody, stays very much on the surface level. That's where everybody starts. But if you continue to kind of perpetuate staying on the surface level, it it can be difficult to make it go deeper if you end up actually wanting to be friends with this person. So, for example, like let's say you meet someone at a party and they're like, I'm going sailing this weekend. A natural question might be, oh, where do you sail? Like, what's your sailing club or what have you? But trying to replace some of those, like, tactical (laughs) questions um, with how do they feel about sailing or how do they feel about whatever they're doing in their lives? Because that that gets at a different part of them that that actually people love to talk about themselves. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. And And even in our love relationship, we think we know our partner mm-hmm. really well, but it might even be good to ask some questions. We think we know what's going on. We get so comfortable with each other, and <laughs> we think we know each other so well. But the fact is we're both changing all the time and, and evolving. So some of these questions might be good to ask of our love relationships, too, would you say? Yeah, it can't really hurt to check in, even if, you know, you ask these questions and they say exactly what you expect them to say, okay, then you know them well, and that's great. But people are changing, and it's hard for somebody to just all of a sudden be like, hey, you know this thing that I've always deeply cared about? Like, I don't know if I really care about it anymore. But if you give them the opportunity and, like, directly ask, then they you've opened the door to let them say something they may not have said otherwise. Somehow I'm just reminded when I was first with my partner, Michael, and we would drive up to the gold country, we call it in California, which is the uh, western slope of the Sierra, and um, it's where gold was first discovered. And we did that a couple of times, and then I found it kind of boring. And I finally figured out, oh, I need to tell him. what I need from those trips. Yeah. So we forget, we kind of make assumptions about each other and we 
take on roles mm -hmm. like, oh, he's the guide, so he should know. But we have to talk about these things, don't we? There's nothing hotter in relationships than communication. That is, <laughs> that's the word of the century yeah. <laughs> in, in relationships. And I think that everything that I talk about in the book is really ultimately about communication. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I try not to just say, you know, communicate more because it's too vague. People don't really know what to do with it. Um, and there's often this dichotomy between like, how honest should I be or how sensitive should I be to their feelings? Like in your example, you know, well, I might hurt his feelings if I tell him that I think these special trips are boring. So what do I do with that? But you can, you can go back to some of these questions and ask them to yourself and it will, it can help, you know, identify what you really need to say. Yes, exactly. And that goes back to knowing yourself well, which is a whole section in your book. So I want to point that out to people. And and you talk a lot about technology in mm -hmm. in the book because you come from a background of <laughs> of living and working in Silicon Valley in California with high tech companies. So that was all very interesting to me in your work. So I just want to let people know we won't have time to really go into all of that, but I wanted to let people know. And I'd just like to end on one note, Kira, if I may. Is it possible to feel lonely in a crowd? Oh, for sure. I think a lot of people do. <laughs> I think a lot of people in that crowd are feeling lonely. It's really less about just having people physically around you. Um, if you're literally isolated, then feelings of loneliness are, are going to happen. And that's, you know, that's just par for the course, kind of. But you can be absolutely surrounded by people and feel lonely. Because it's not, it's not about having people around. It's about having a certain feeling in your relationships. And that feeling is what I call closeness. And so you suggest that we take the leap and start to really participate in a way that starts to do a um, course correction mm -hmm. in, towards closeness rather than isolation. Yeah, if you're feeling lonely and you're really struggling with it, it's a good idea to be a little bit braver, share a little bit about your own inner world, and ask a little bit about other people's inner world. Thank you so much, Kara, for being part of the New Dimensions Cafe today. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. I've been speaking with Kira Asatrian, and she spells her name K-I-R-A Asatrian, A-S-A-T-R-Y. A-N. And she's the author of Stop Being Lonely, Three Simple Steps to Develop Close Friendships and Deep Relationships. And if you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, stopbeinglonely.com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe. Please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org.
New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.